chewing pretzels right in the middle of the microphone. You go live, and that's what this guy does. Good. Constant professional. Hey, everybody. Don't chew pretzels on air. Nice to see you. Perfect. There's the bit. Um, so we got Sith Council. We have Andor Episode 10, and the show just keeps getting better and better. There's no doubt about it. We have that. We know that. Um, there's some other news going on. One director says, I ain't doing Star Wars anymore. And then there's rumor that there's another director who is doing Star Wars. Is it too much? Who cares? We'll talk about that more. There's some stuff on Tales of the Jedi. But it's really about Andor today. I got Steph here. I got Mike here. And I have, look at this. Check this out. Hey. You know that we're, hey. the, we're at a, on the, sh, on the, sh, uh, the store right now. Um, the Sith Council shirt is the most sold shirt on this this store right now. As it should be. It's nice. Wow, well, let's go. Roxy didn't like that. but um, Tough titties. Yeah. So, and I have whatever this is. Okay. You got salt crumbs on your shirt? No, I think it was a leaf. I don't know what it was. Anyway, so we, uh, we're we excited for you guys if you to go check that out. For everybody who has been getting those Sith Council shirts, wear them with pride. And make sure you subscribe. We're almost at 60,000, trying to get to 70,000 by the end of the year. That's 10,000 by the end of end of the year. Help us out. We'll try to get there. I'm excited, man. I think uh, we're going to have a really good discussion here with Mike and Steph. So let's do it. Sith Council. It's the show. It's big thing. It's Sith Council. Let's do it. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. Makes you stronger. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Sith Council. I'm Christian Harlow. Thank you for joining us. Steph Sabra into his. The Empire had an organ player on site. Wait, we should get one. Yeah. We yeah. Should, we should, if we ever go on the road, we should just get a, a, an organ player. It'd be yeah. amazing. Just get David B to do it. Um, and then Mike Kalinowski. Obviously. Yep, yep, yep. Hello, Mike. Yeah, what's you? up? I didn't wear my WAP, WAP hat today. I'm sorry. Uh, no. I'm not representing. Yeah. Here, I'll do this. You're not with the, with the gang? No. Nope. Um, so we have a lot <laughs> to talk about, everybody. Got my pretzels. Hold on. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Yep. Andor, it is out, the latest episode, and Mike, this is the yes, this sir. Is exactly what we were talking about. It this was the, the one-two punch, punch uppercut. Up, what no. an uppercut it was! Punch, jab, cross, uppercut. Knock That's what out. it is. Jab, cross, uppercut. This wasn't. Uh, this was a knockout. Out. It was. A, it was really, really good. Um, Take the camera off me. I'm eating. Well, no, you're, why are you eating? Because I, I am yeah. hungry. Okay, okay. It makes sense, Hello. right? So. Yes. Steph, would you tell me tell me? What'd you think? Oh my gosh, best episode of the season. Really? Perhaps my favorite episode of any Disney Plus show so far. Really? I thought it was excellent. The okay. attention to detail, Andy Circus, just give him all everything, all the flowers, all the awards. I thought Diego <laughs> Luna at his best. I feel like his character is getting more as like as a leader. You understand why he's such a legend to the rebellion and where it came from. Yeah. They're making every storyline matter. You know, you're like, why is he getting shipped? off for seven years and you're like oh this story matters yeah. to the bigger picture and i think it, it connects what i think is the death star uh, and so many other working points into the story yeah absolutely and the, the show has just been really delivering on all fronts and i think that this one what i like so much about it was it Andor, and we talked about this a million times over Andor yes. has there was a heavy focus on him which is great it's his show yep it's the the fact that they were like, okay, well, is this going to be another show where they didn't even focus on Andor? They focus on him heavily, and you see him evolve in, in the, mm -hmm. into the leader to where he's just like, guys, 
what are we doing here? We know that we're going to, you just want to roll over and die. We got to get the, we got to get out of here. Yep. And finally, Kino is like, okay, because it didn't, the way that it led off in episode nine was you just thought Kino was going to be right, ready to go fight. He wasn't. He had to settle. And this was Andy Serkis's episode, though. Yeah. Yes. This, this, I said, Mike, and I'm curious if you agree or disagree. I think that Andy Serkis should be considered for, um, for an Emmy for this performance as a supporting actor. I thought he was that good in, in this role, the way he, the, what he's going through, how he's been like a company man for the entire time we've seen yeah. him, when we meet him, to understanding what Andor is saying and even using some of Andor's words inside of his speech because Andor's like, that's all you're going to tell them? Yeah. And then he's like, well, watch this. I'm going to give you a little Caesar. Yeah. Sprinkle in a little Gollum. And I'm going to, and then I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go straight up show you how powerful Andy Serkis is as an actor and yeah. that scene alone. But what do you think? You think it was an uh, Emmy uh, Emmy type performance or, or just really good? Oh, I think so. Yeah, it, it's, it's, when it comes to nominating people, it's like they, they. I mean, he even made fun of it. Don Cheadle for Rhodey in Falcon the Winter Soldier got nominated for an Emmy. You're like, and he was like, what? Carl Lumley didn't? But he yeah. had like three lines too. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, he's 100% he's should. Um <laughs> It's funny, you know, I, I saw a lot of talk of this is their, everyone's favorite episode. The bar has been set so high with this damn show, Yeah, you can't have a favorite episode. Because every time you think you do, I always make fun of that. Every time a new movie drops, something comes out, like I've seen it with Black Panther, ah, masterpiece, the best one the MCU's done. And then the next film comes out and the same rhetoric will come out. Right. This show, I believe every single person that goes, this is my favorite episode. Because it truly does Get better and better every single How week. good is the writing in this show? I mean, let me tell you excellent. something. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to talk on the writing. Yes. I, I don't want to skip ahead, but we got to. I, My favorite scene in this movie, in this episode? Skarsgård. No. No? That's fantastic. He's, fantastic. But he's had that for The three of them sitting there talking about, hey, I'm going to bring my son, and you're going to betroth oh, yes. them to your daughter. Yeah, it was Game of Thrones stuff. Holy crap. That's the first lie they you told. They just sat there. There's no, yeah, that's the first lie you told. There's no movement. He's like, I don't want any money. I got something else. That's my only beef with the whole scene. What? He the, said money, not credits. Oh. Uh, uh, only beef I have. Okay. There's only but uh, that's, that's that yeah. scene alone, the Luthen scene. That's that. But Luthen, he's been doing that the whole show. Yeah, yeah, but there's a difference. So yeah, that, Luthen, that Luthen scene showed so much about him, yeah. Yeah, but also so much about that Lonnie character, who I didn't yeah. even notice. No, that that was the point. Yeah, yeah, that was the point. You haven't even noticed that guy been around. He finally steps up, and you think, oh, here's another. Imperial who's trying to overstep Dedra. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he makes the movie going, hey, listen, listen, we should investigate because if we don't investigate, right. they're going to know. And she's like, uh, okay, I guess that's that's fine. She walks off. Right. And then the main guy's like, yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. And then you see him in the elevator. The second he's in the elevator, you know he's in on it. And he starts. Oh, see, to I didn't at that point. Because okay, so I, I was a little kid. I was like, what's going on here? I thought because they set up the fact that Luthen was meeting with someone. Gotcha. And okay, the okay. They put him in the elevator. I'm like, okay, so that's clearly who he's meeting with. But what, what is his part in the story and he's been their guy and that whole conversation where luthan luthan says to him i oh, got a kid now he's like that's not right man yeah he's like come on and then this conversation he has with them where he's just telling them there are a couple things that luthan says you're just like that's this is who he is he goes well we're gonna have to sacrifice that guy to, to keep you alive so we 50. have to keep 50 of you 50 of them we're gonna keep to keep him to keep you alive we got to sacrifice him and his and everybody else but It'll be worth it. That's the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And you're trapped. Like, sorry. Yeah. They're, they're either going to know. Grooming you. But he's yeah, like, you've so got a good life. You're going to have a good life the so rest you, of your so life, you, but, but you're doing but, this. But you're trapped. And then he goes, well, what would you sacrifice? Like, oh, oh, 
you got a minute? Okay, let me tell you. He, so, and Calmness. He was like Columbo family. in that. He's just like, Sunset. Oh, I'm going to leave you. Uh, excuse me, there's one more thing yeah, that I sacrificed. He's like, I'll tell you what I sacrificed. This, the, and that speech of the intricate workings of everything, giving up I, his kindness and some morality, everything, but but it, it was the progression of where yeah. he went with it too. He started off, he's like, okay, well, we'll just let you know. So I was here, 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 does this whole thing, and he goes, so what did I, uh, what did I risk? Everything! And you're like, whoa! Yeah. It was yeah. so much more of an impact. Yeah. Because I, you believe, it. you're like, oh wow, he's like, I'm not even gonna be here to see the benefits. He knows he's gonna die. He that line about I forgot what yeah. how it was about talking to ghosts or something. My dreams are to ghosts or something. Yes. Holy crap! Like, yeah. but like, and do you guys feel this? Like, I still don't know where Luthen's loyalties are. Like, I do. He's an extremist. But I'm just yes. saying, like, I don't know who's really safe with him. Like, I don't no know one. if he's he gonna no kill one. him at the end. Is because he's still killing Andor. We don't know what his yeah. end goal is. We don't know who, well, we know but we know how yeah. many. But how many will you sacrifice for that piece? I think he everyone. Told you. Yeah, everyone. Anyone doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But what if there's no one left then? I doesn't think he gave. I think he, the point is you find more people. Yeah, because he's using everyone <sighs> from that first conversation that when Mon Mothma came in. Yeah, and he says, well, "Well, he's using everybody, and he's not pretending he's not. He's using everyone, right. and he's using it for the great his greater good." Which ultimately is, and what it also really, I think, shines a light on in general, was when you're a kid and you're watching the original trilogy or anything, too, you just say, oh, well, yeah, the good guys are going to fight against the bad guys. And not, you don't realize, this show makes you realize how much work went into this rebellion. The yeah, the cost and the sacrifice. And as you mentioned, Mike, that scene with Mon Mothma, as she, and I like the idea, remember we talked about it last week, is this guy, oh, is this guy going to be a, a recognized actor? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that he wasn't. Oh I yeah, I totally. I don't think it needs it. Yes, because she he's a spy. You know what I mean? Like he's just a plant in it. And I like how even Dedra's not even. Picking. Oh, you're t no, I'm talking about the, oh. the one in Mon Mothma, the 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 um banker, the, the banker. Oh, the mobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, remember we thought he might be oh, uh, a big character, a big, a big actor. Yeah, like yeah. Harlow perhaps. But he wasn't. He's just not. a great actor. Yeah, and I think that added to it. Yeah, I love him because in. We were talking about this last week, but in also this week in terms of the writing. You know, he's saying one line, two lines, Max. And I know everything about him. I know everything yep. about the Chandrillan culture. Yep. I know, like, what his motives are. And then it showed more about Mon Mothma. And I just, like, love how they were just playing chess with each other and how to the point she was until it was, like, about her daughter. And then that was like, no, you yeah. can leave now. And, yeah. and she's, like, she's like, I'm not going to think about it. It's like, and like you said... That's the first time you lied. This whole conversation is <laughs> yeah. such a great line because he's where, like, yeah. Where do you think? Because I'm thinking of that that scene particular, the cultures, the how they act. Who is coming up with this? Filoni's not on set. We Gilroy, but you I mean think like he the, probably read a bunch of books. I'm just curious because it's so believable in what the cultures are and totally and and, and the choices either. You've got your phenomenal actors working with a director, but Tony Gilroy, he's even said he's like, I don't care about Star You're Wars. You're talking about the intricate workings, of the workings all of, Star of how Wars. it all yeah. fits. He's got and a team, the, man. But I'm saying, where is that? Like, like so we've seen before in the previous Star Wars, like, holy, what's going on here? Does anyone know Star Wars? Why right. are they doing this kind yeah. of thing? But this, you 100% believe it. And knowing coming from a script, he even talked all his production, going, hey, forget your love of Star Wars. We're just writing a great show. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It's all there. The blended, and I think that what he's doing, you're hiring people inside of that know it. Now, whether you're, you're yeah. dealing with the story team or whoever it is, he's like, I would love to talk to him and say, like, okay, let's talk about that scene with the artifacts, right? If I was to guess, yeah, 
he hired somebody inside of his team and said, look, yeah. I need artifacts in the back that people would recognize if they're the hardcore fans and that, 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 that play the, that play to the culture that understand yeah. the stuff that he would have from years back and, and take, and so then, you know, you get the Pablo Hidalgo's or whoever gotcha. about okay. and, and say like, okay, this, 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 and this, let's put that in there. And he's like, great. Okay. As long as it doesn't make us, you know, as long as it looks real and it's authentic. Awesome. He just knows what he wants. What he did, what he promised, and he delivered on, especially in this episode, this is about as spy thrillery as you get. From even when oh, Andor is chipping away at the thing and the music that starts playing, I feel like I was watching Bourne. The music was so good. There was um, someone on Twitter, one of our uh, watchers, listeners, commented, like, it's very much an intimidation game yeah. with, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they find out the yeah. code. is like, we can't oh, use it. Yeah. Can't tell anyone, but we right. did it. Like, like spy thriller, like... Like you said, like they said a couple episodes ago, that you don't notice the rock in the hand until the daggers at your throat or whatever. That's what the Imperial guy, like, right. he, it's, yeah. I love the whole, the whole yeah. prison scene is so like Shawshank Redemption on crack and it's, it's like really power is. to the people. When he was like, power doesn't panic. There's like 50 quotes I wrote down. Every episode, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, these quotes are so lit. I gotta keep them forever. But the way that they, um, Andy Serkis's character was like, if you see someone falling, pick them up, help right, them out, right. show them the way out. And then just like the specifics in the decision making yeah. not to kill the two guards who were a part of the control panels. I thought that was interesting. And I'm curious what y'all think. Yeah. To me, it was like perhaps it's showing that Andor has, shows discretion of yeah. when he's going to kill or not. But at Is the same time, I was like, yeah, what? but was it? Mm -hmm. But was it necessary? Because like, look, they, they, they accomplished what they needed to accomplish. Like, Everyone that he has killed, minus those guys who were attacking him in the beginning. Yeah. Even the guy, even the guy who seemed to be a good guy in Rogue One. Tivik. Purpose. There's purpose behind yeah. it. The, the purpose for this was keep him alive and with it. I mean, it's they're useless. There's they're useless. You can't do anything about. They don't have weapons, so get the hell out of there. They do. And how about that heartbreaking scene at the end when Keenan's like, "I can't swim." I loved that. Yeah. Freedom, light, and they didn't make a big thing of it. There's no big. Dawning realization. Just everyone's down, jumping yeah. around him. Well, he was like, Jesus. But I way. hope to God, that's it. I hope you we never see him again. It's not going to turn into Snoke. I don't want him to Snoke. That Snoke. And I know that's, that's the part of the time culture I thought it of might fandom. I don't want they kept, that. Why they, why they keep, keep him around. Yeah. Unless, I just, we don't know what happened I just think he's going to be punished and tortured and And then what? Snoke. What a, but what is Snoke? He's an experiment. Was he a giant pe person? Was he a creature? Like, what? They didn't know what the hell they were doing with him. Yeah, but maybe this is a way for them to explain it. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm not saying no. I want no, it. No, 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 I'm no, not no. saying I want it. I'm just <laughs> no, saying. No, 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 no. It's hilarious. I got a comment from a friend of mine who commented last week, and I was like, what are you doing? He commented, he goes, hey, as far as this time goes, stop this. No, we're going to discuss it. Now, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with that, and I don't. I actually don't think it's going to be Snoke. I don't think so either. But, but, but it's a conversation you yes, can have to say, tell someone leaving. to stop it, or say no, no, no. I mean, it's conversation. You're leaving a character alive. There's if you don't think this is the most specific, and every every moment has a purpose. Show that we've seen in Star Wars. You're, you're crazy. Right. So tell me why he can't swim. I, I'm not saying he's going to turn into Snoke, but there's a reason. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm. The other reason that could is be character development. Well, the other reason is could be they signed Andy Circus for three episodes and that was it. And that Andy was coming in for a three episode arc to okay. be part of this. And they said, Hey, we have this cool arc of just it's just a further along. You've been Snoke before, you played Snoke, but that's this is this is not Snoke. This is just a, a character named Kino who does this thing and, and that's did probably it to what, sacrifice for the good, even yeah. though he knew he couldn't swim and that was the only way yeah. out. Just being clear, Mike, I think it's Are we being clear? Are I, we being I clear? I think it's that. I think that it's Andy Circus. 
No, we're gonna have another scene. It's gonna be the post credits. It's gonna be the post credits of episode twelve. Andor's gonna be making a run somewhere, and he's gonna see a prison cell, and he's gonna be like, "We should have stayed there." And look at me now; my face is all messed up. No, why did no. you do this to me, Andor? He knew the sacrifice. And then they're going to ask, like, why didn't Andor kill him then? When he had the chance, then Snoke would have been around. Why okay, would he, I why made would he kill one his question of a what if, and you just created an entire yeah, scene of debauchery. Yeah. A weird dude. Yeah. Stop this. Do you not know who Stop I am? Yeah. Do not know who I am with this brain of mine. I came up with another thing the other day that I think you like a lot. Oh, what's Mike, this? Mike, tell me, tell me your, your thought. On what? Of why you don't think this should be. Of what? Snoke. Snoke. You're going to... Just tell me one reason, one sentence. Because it's stupid. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I'm sorry, Justine. No one believes you. <laughs> no one believes you. I don't believe you, Mike. Um, I don't care. Either, either way, though, the, we all agree, though, yes. the idea that it was, it was, it was tragic. tragic. It was tragic. tragic. That's it why was tragic. That's why it works so well, because that's it. He's done. Look at his face. Yeah. It was, that's what, that was, he, see what I'm I'm talking free, about? but I'm dead. That's what I'm talking about. With the with it acting, you got it. You understood it. It reminded me. It's like my favorite scene in Braveheart is where he's betrayed by by Robert the Bruce, and you see it in, in Mel Gibson's eyes of just he knows he just gives up. William but Wallace he, just but and it was it was that like right. he, he didn't give up. He knew he was free. He knew he needed to do, it and he led people down. He because he was saying it the whole time it was always in there. It was one way out, but he knew he was never getting out. But also, yeah. but yeah. also on that like that man helped them all. Like he's the captain that kept them all alive for so long. Yeah. All right, jump in. We got you. The two of us will carry you. We'll swim yeah, with that's you. what I'm saying. I would have walked but the plane before staying. We don't know that. that, but that that's we, we didn't see him die. They yeah. just needed him to die. It's over. He's done. That's it. Andy Serkis is done. And I don't even think you necessarily even need to say he is or he's not. Yeah, it's, it's just like, his just, story You kind of got the idea that he, yeah, he doesn't need to because him and what's-his-face take off together from... Um, Melshi. Oh, Melshi. yeah, yeah. Him and Melshi mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. off together, and that's that was a great way to show how they became buddies. Yeah. yeah. And what they went through together. Absolutely. And now, I would have followed Andor too. I was like, uh, uh, now why are how do you, you following not? his route? <laughs> how do you not at this point? But what I love though is that they let Kino, he, he's Kino's like, he he's like, Kino, you have to talk. It, they have to listen to you. Andor couldn't have. They wouldn't know who Andor was. Right. But in the tropes of these kind of things, usually you've got the hero of your show giving the he's rousing speech be the to inspire right. them. Right. He's, like, he's like, no, well, you that, talk. That shows you the writing. That's, and that's, that's all you this, got? Yeah. That's all you got? Right. Talk more. You right. better do this better, buddy, because I I can't get you. Get your, let's go. This is next level writing. Yeah, of course. This show is next level writing. And I'm glad we're it, in agreement. It just, it really is. It's just the, the, the show is just a well-written, well-crafted show. But I want to get into a story that Star Wars Newsnet posted, and I think our buddy Miguel Fernandez actually reported on it, which we'll talk about. It was at the ratings of Andor. Not the best, but we'll talk about it in just a hmm. minute. But I'll tell you what is the best. Trade coffee, man. Loving trade coffee. And I know that. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Um, I know that, Steph, you're loving it. Yeah, I'd actually like a... <laughs> Cup of You'd like a cup of it today? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I, abso- abso- absolutely. So, um, it is. Uh, it's absolutely incredible, and I'm so glad that you guys have been trying it out and getting more and more uh, notes from people who are saying, "Yes, I, I'm, I tried it out. I love it." And let me know exactly what flavors it is that you guys have been trying, please, because I am sending that over to Trade Coffee and letting them know. Because we've been with them now for a little bit, and I'll tell you, this place just smells wonderful all the time, and it's just really good coffee, really, really good. And I've been I've been trying some of the dark roast stuff recently. And if you guys are coffee drinkers and you do it every morning, everybody, a lot of people do, you got to check out Trade Coffee. It's very easy to get the best coffee, and going to a coffee shop, you can't do it all the time. It's a great experience, but you can't do it every day. A lot of people can't do it every day anyway. 
And if you're looking for a delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, trade coffee. So if you're getting your coffee from a grocery store and Mikey, does, does uh, Shannon drink coffee? She does. Dude, you got to get her this. You got to get her this. It's a coffee subscription service and it makes it simple for you guys to discover new coffees and it makes your best cup of coffee at home every day and you don't need any fancy equipment. Trade partners with the nation's top rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know that you're going to love. Whether you, you, you're, you know already what you like or you like a specialty new coffee and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and it's convenient to discover new coffees. So whether you're just getting started or you're a coffee aficionado, look to discover something new. Trade guarantees that you're going to love your first bag or they're going to send you a new one for free. Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash big thing. Drinktrade.com slash big thing for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash big thing. Now, it's funny. I was talking to Brett about this, and Brett was talking to his wife, and she orders the coffees for yeah. um, for the office, and he's like, you should just get this for the office. You got her the, the discount, and they have that to the office. I want everybody to learn about trade because, and by the way, if you want to help out the show and help out yourself, get some, but let me know in the comments. I've been sending everybody who's like, I, I tried some, I got it, I love it. I've been sending that to the sponsors, so make sure you check that out. Is that why this place sure. smells so good today? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a candle at first, no, but I'm man. like, isn't that the coffee? It's it's trade. Yeah. It's trade. It smells so good. I love it. It's like, a little, it's like having a little coffee shop in here. But um, yeah. anyway, let's, uh, I want to. Move on over, so make sure, the link is in the description for trade, so make sure you check that out. All right, I want to get down, where the hell's the news? There is my news. Where's the news? There's the news, okay. All right, so we're going to get some news here, and the first, all right, so this is a, this is a big story. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. You hear this, Mike, about Sean Levy? I did. Now, I think that... I'm confused, but I did hear about it. So I think that if I get this news about two or three years ago... Yeah. I'm excited, and it has nothing to do with Sean Levy. I love Sean Levy. Real Steel is a fantastic film. I like the movie. I, really good. Um, so here's, he, this, this is the report here. The news on the cinematic, this is from um, Grant Davis over at uh, Star Wars Newsnet. The news on the cinematic future of Star Wars is ramping up again after a series of updates on the project <coughs> uh, written by Damon Lindelof as Sean Levy is in discussions to work on a Star Wars film after he completes work on the final season of Stranger Things and did pull three. While not all fans trust is what report is reported by third party outlets, Sean Levy himself has confirmed the reports are true. So uh, Sean Levy wrote, "Child me is losing his shit right now. Growing up me is is too." So he he confirmed it basically that he's in talks. Deadline has learned that Sean Levy, who is currently in post production on the Netflix limited series All the Lights You Cannot See, is engaged in discussions with Lucasfilm to work on. Sorry, it's lost uh, the whole thing here. Um, to work on an upcoming Star Wars project. The project is likely to begin development quite some time away from now, as there's a lot on Levy's plate currently. He's set to direct at least two episodes of Stranger Things 5, the final season of the series, which will begin filming next year for a presumed 2024 release. Meanwhile, Deadpool 3 is scheduled for November 2024 and will most likely begin filming shortly after Levy's work on Stranger Things is finished. Levy has kept his focus on family-friendly fare, 
having been the leading creative force behind the United Museum franchise and Real Steel. Levy is also known for being a heavy collaborator with actor Ryan Reynolds, having made uh, last year's Free Guy, which I also really like, The Adam Project, which I also really like, and now the long-awaited third Deadpool film, which will feature Hugh Jackman reprising his role as Wolverine. Um, Deadpool 3 will represent a creative departure for Levy, yet has been confirmed it is targeting an R rating, and also notably for basing one of the regular directors on Stranger Things, directing two episodes per season since the show's show began. Based on his output, it seems likely that Levy's, Levi's, Levy's film will be PG-13 and in line with his creative sensibilities, although it's not clear whether he's been selected to work on a new film or a project that has already been announced. All right, a lot, a lot. Uh, Steph, I want to start with you here. Sean Levy has been doing some great stuff lately. Yeah. I mean, all these movies that we just mentioned. Um, I liked all of those. Me too. I thought Adam Project was Netflix, one of Netflix's best original movies. Really good. I agree with you. Um, my concern is not... That he's doing it. I hope that they get him. Yeah. My concern is the approach still with Lucasfilm in film. <laughs> yeah. um, they, we're going to talk about it in a second. They There was a report that they had a director attached, and that director said, I'm not working on it anymore. Uh, Feige, what's going on with his? We don't know. Uh, Taika Waititi, what's going on with his? We, we don't know. Um, freaking Benny Weiss, they lost theirs. Josh Trank, they lost, all, all this stuff that had happened before him with the announcements. Now, to be fair to Lucasfilm, they didn't announce this. This was broken by deadline. So this wasn't something they announced, but... The way that I feel that Lucasfilm does meetings is, all right, Mike, you did, uh, you've been doing some great things lately. What's your pitch? What would you want to do for Star Wars? Oh, thanks for asking. I'd love to work as a kid. Well, I got a pitch. I'd love to do that character Kino. I think we can relate him to Snow. <laughs> well, listen, oh, let, let me hear your pitch. Look, you're really hot right now. I am, aren't listen, I? Listen to this, guy. So the guy who just did Free Guy, he works with Ryan Reynolds, a line does this. He wants to do a Snoke movie. So it's a really good pitch, and we haven't talked about that once, ever. Ever. And in the last five years, that was never even brought up. But it's Sean Levy. He's a hot director. Let's make it happen. And that's the kind of <laughs> stuff that I feel. That's the kind of stuff that I feel that they do. Yeah. And it's like, and you saw that even with J.J. Abrams and Ryan Reynolds and, and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, like, same stuff. Now, what I hope is that they had come up with this whole plan and saying, all right, we have a structure now of where we want to go. We have these movies that we want to do. We want to do a time period of here and we want it to focus on this person and we think Sean Levy would be great for this. We want to take a meeting and see if he'd be interested in it. That's what I hope. Don't believe it at all. Where do you stand on this? I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm so annoyed of them like announcing things and then having it not happen. And I don't know if that's because I'm paying more attention to Star Wars and this is just a part of the business. Yeah. I don't pay as closely attention to other movie announcements and then where they come or where they go. But with this, I feel like it, if he tweeted the quote to Tweet to me is confirmation. It's confirmation. I, it's but it's it's less about the confirmation. If it's it. gonna happen, it, even if it does happen, the question is, what the hell is it? Yeah. What's the plan? They still don't know what the hell the plan is. They still do this thing of like, well, hot director, popular director, fans like his movies, make the movie, as opposed to what's your plan? You don't Why think don't, that the director like he's bringing in a script? I, I do, but that's my point. I think that Taika came in and pitched some silly, stupid thing, right? And they, and then they were like, "Oh, it's Taika. He's really hot right yeah. now. They love it." Let's. And then people were kind of mixed on Thor, like, "Oh, let's hold back. Yep. Maybe we shouldn't do that." Yeah, right. I know, but but what I'm, that's my I point. What of I'm saying is, did. why not? Why did. not develop something in the story thing with Filoni I, and Favreau and, the, and the, those minds and say, "Okay, this is the stories we want to start telling and intertwine it and do all this." And then let's bring in like, look what MCU did for like, say, like someone like Ryan Coogler. Okay, yeah. they knew they wanted to do a Black Panther movie eventually, yeah. right? 
And then you look at a director like Ryan Coogler, who's going to bring in a lot of creative sensibilities, he's going to bring a lot of passion, he's going to bring a lot of stuff into it, and he's going to have a new take, and he's going to have ideas inside of it, but it still plays into your overall plan. Yeah. There's no plan at this company. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, I'm torn. I, I don't know I don't know my thoughts on this, because it seems like um, uh, Sean Levy is a director to me. I don't know if I see his voice of what he... He makes great film, enjoyable, you don't even fun know what films. what it is. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. Yeah. Um, I've had to take my step back when it comes to director because I look at the Russos and what they did pre-Winter Soldier. And it's, you know, community and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but they directed one of the best Marvel films of all time, I think, in Winter Soldier. And have gone on yeah, to I have agree. four phenomenal films. So, but then after their cinematic universe which they left and now the stuff they're doing on their own i love the gray man but everyone hated it everyone's hated cherry and all that stuff so look john watts his spider-man's i don't care for but he did the old man right one of the best tv shows i loved right. so i'm excited to see him coming back into star wars this guy sean levy like i don't know if like taika was brought in because he's taika in this style of humor that was what we were going to get a star wars film of in that vein he wasn't going to go and do something different i think sean levy his filmography is so vast now. He's going Deadpool through it, R-rated. He's had family-friendly stuff. But what he's going to bring into it is like maybe he's got. I bet she's that, got good that take. passion. Like, like finally, I'm, I can tell my Star Wars story. Like directors, I, they don't get to when you're starting out. Don't get to pick what they and get. And I'm not doubting, by the way, too, that he might have a very passionate story. Yeah, I just think it's a mistake to keep giving directors and and people having coming in and pitching like it's 2005 in a studio oh, sure. system yeah. saying you got stuff. I agree. They should be captaining the stories yeah. and then bring in people that uh, tell a director they think could, or a writer that they think could body it, the idea and then send that in and then proceed with the director. Right. But if you do, I will say if you watch free guy, uh, Adam project yeah. and Deadpool, or I guess we haven't seen Deadpool three. They do have a tone. Okay. Strange, Stranger Things. Yeah, it has a tone. Stranger Things has a very different tone. You don't watch that show, right? I don't. Right. So, so his he, filmography is all over the place. He's, he's like, like does this balance of okay. funny and I, serious? I'm also really being well. clear. I love Sean Levy. I think Sean okay. Levy is a great choice to do it. I'm just saying it's it's more it's less about Sean Levy in this particular thing. It's more like okay, well, what's what's the meaning? What I hope to do, I hope that we have a conversation after hearing from Sean Levy or whatever too, that look, here is, here's the thing. They had this great idea of where they want to go with the projects. And I came in to give my take of after hearing what they want to do and we're collaborating together. Then I'm going to go, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. They, I'm so glad they finally had this plan of where they want to go now. And I'm so glad that I was wrong. It's just, I feel that Kathleen Kennedy produces in a way that is so old school that will work for Indiana Jones. It will work. I think Indiana Jones four is or five is going to be great. I really do, um, and I think it'll work for that. But because of the way DC and Star and uh, Marvel and Star Wars has to work now with this interconnection and these movies that are just that fans want to plan. There's no plan. You can't just throw these movies. Well, the original trilogy didn't plan. That, that was 1983. You, was the last. But one. is she looking at it like Kathleen Kennedy, where they're looking at like Matt Reeves? Where he came in, he's like, I've got an idea for a Batman story. I don't care about anything else. I don't want to touch Superman. I don't want your Wonder Woman. I think Woman. that they are, but it doesn't work for Star Wars right I now. I know that. Yeah. But if that's what he I, did, he's I like, I've got a Star Wars story that I've been saying. dying to tell since I was that's a kid. That's what did. Well, it's that's not going to fit what we're doing right now. And Lindelof, same thing. I don't know. Yeah. What, but it, that's the point, Mike. They're not saying that at all because they don't know what they're doing yeah. right now, especially in movies. We haven't so that's had why a Star Wars movie in, in since 2019. And I, Robert Ryan Burnett brought this up the other day on, on Campus Show, and he said, that this is their this is one of the biggest franchises that Disney has right now. 
and they haven't had a movie because Rise of Skywalker, they are so scared yeah. to put something out right now because if they put out a wet fart for their next their next one, the fans are just going to go, uh, it, enough it, with this. It, it dovetails back to what we were saying about Andor and the ratings. It's a travesty that the show's not I'm going to get ratings. into that in a second, yeah. I want to talk about that. You know, I'll just jump into that. That was a segue now. I was doing there. It was I don't a good know. story. No. Um, but it just, it, 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 it's the point of like, this is the best Star Wars has been in so long, but they're never going to do another show like this. Right. I don't think so. Oh, they're like, there's no lightsabers, there's no force, there's no Jedi. Ratings sucked. We need them back. I don't know. Well, let's let's see. I'm gonna go into this actual story. This is the Andor story, um, where our good buddy Miguel Fernandez actually reported on this. Let me let me find it. No, one one way out is what it was. One way out. Such a great episode. But let's see. Um, okay, Andor struggles with ratings and audience demand. Is the report here from Star Wars News Net from our buddy Miguel Fernandez, and this is his article. While Andor has been exceeding expectations in terms of critical reception, being highly praised as the best Star Wars show um, by far by many outlets and fans alike, the show, the show has admittedly been struggling with the ratings and having a true impact on pop culture, like shows as The Mandalorian. An initial study posted by an, an analyst from Parrot Analytics on social media in October showed that the audience demand for Andor, when compared to everything else streaming today, was almost negligible next to the previous Star Wars series. The initial graphic was incorrect, and the numbers were significantly higher, though they were still behind shows like Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Book of Boba Fett. New data published by Parrot Analytics concerning the audience demand for streaming content between October 15th to 21st with respect to the average streaming show underlines that the numbers are going up, but they still aren't quite as high as one has hoped. Check the data below. Um, it's interesting note, and perhaps even concerning, that The Mandalorian is almost more in demand than Andor, even when it's been two years without a new episode of the former, while the latter is airing right now. Looking closely at the left graphic, though, we can see that Game of Thrones almost doubles House of the Dragon's demand. It's not a direct comparison between both IPs, but we can definitely draw some parallels. It's almost important to remark that this is not a viewership graphic and instead a reflection of how much people are talking about it online about each one of these series, from social media posts or news coverage to a number of legal and illegal downloads. In terms of ratings, we have data published by Nielsen from the first three weeks, Andor was in release, and the charts do confirm that fewer people are watching. Not only that, but the number of minutes streamed goes down each week. Um, Let's see, this is the, you can see these charts on Miguel's um, article at Star Wars Newsnet. It's also worth considering the fact that Andor might not play with the rewatchability factor that other shows like The Mandalorian did. Being more adult show than previous Star Wars series might also turn off the younger audience in the house, but that might not be reflected by these charts as adults and kids likely watch The Mandalorian at the same time. However... The show's nature of being less space opera and more political thriller might also turn away some Star Wars adult audiences who have been, who have come to expect something different from a galaxy far, far away. So we get a slightly more complete picture of how the Nielsen ratings compare to previous Star Wars shows. They have two graphics that they show on the, uh, let's see, and Andor has three episodes left from season one, I guess two now, 10th air, and this is the other article. Um, okay, this is a fantastic article. Yeah. Fantastic by Miguel, um, and I agree with him. I think that the reason why they're down, I think the I, I do take my head and slam it into the desk every time I see someone write, this is so boring. It, slow, I'll give you. It's slow. Yeah. Boring, boring, just stop. Just stop watching. Stop. Don't even talk about it anymore. Don't watch it anymore. You don't get it. And it's fine. If you think it's boring, it's 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 the farthest thing from boring. If you watch this last episode and you think this show is boring, you, then, then just watch people shoot each other and what? go boom, 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 boom. What I love about this show is the fact that you can't go, you know what, I get it, 
it picks up in episode four and really goes off from there. It's been like this since the beginning. And yeah. you had said, it's like, it's if after episode one, you're not into the show, looking back, if you after episode I'd say one. episode three because it's the arc. Uh, it's the arc, though. You but, gotta, I, but I remember watching one and two, and I'm going, oh, this needs to pick up real fast. Yeah. But then it goes back four, five, and six. Four, five is slow again. Absolutely. So but you, just the show's I'm, not that's for why, you. But that's why I say it. Watch the first three because yeah. because it's consistent with how they do it and within the tone of going that jab, hook, uppercut. Yeah. But it's like, again, I'll give you a slow burn. I'm not going to dispute that with anybody. Yeah. Boring, you, you don't know the definition of the word. And, and, and when it comes down to that last episode, I mean, that was just about as suspenseful and brilliant writing as you get. I do agree with Miguel that it absolutely, a younger audience. Now, I will say that I would understand how the show could be boring to a 10-year-old. Sure, I understand that completely. If, if if that, so let me let me retract that. If a ten year old is writing on here, oh, and a ten yeah. year old is coming back, and a ten year old says, "This show is boring to me," I understand. You're I dumb. get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, dumb I, little I, no, kid. But I, under, I understand <laughs> that. I understand. I would understand that because they they haven't really gone through like the conversations and the writing. You're not you're not listening to it. like right now. I've been raving about dark. Like the show on Netflix, I'm raving. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. staff hooked on it now. Yeah, and it, it the writing on that show. Now you got it. It's subtitles. Yeah, right. And you and it's and it's in German. You got to watch it and you got to pay attention to it. And, and it's a it's a thinking person show. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's not for everybody, but it's a fantastic show. And it's a farthest thing from boring. Now, if it's not for you, that's another question. If someone doesn't like a show, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. They just right. don't like the show. Yeah, I, and it, just to say boring though, come on. Let's 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 talk about uh, use a different word. But have we reached the point in, in pop culture, especially with these shows, where it needs to be for everybody? What if we make a show that's not for everybody? So I, I see that like so that. many times where people the argument as like, guess what? This show just wasn't for you. And as a studio, you don't have to make it for everybody. We don't have to appease every like right. a movie, billion dollar franchise, you've got to do a four quadrant. You need to old people, young people, you gotta get everybody. You gotta get your budget. But back. shows like yeah. this, I think it allows that, like, hey man. We didn't make the show for you. like, they, And I say this, I, I was, you know, nothing invested in it, but the show The Terminal List. Very oh, right. right-leaning, made-for-the-military venue. And, and they'd said this, like, we made this for the people that are former, for veterans. This is them. If your, you know, sensibilities lean anti-war and whatnot, this show's not for you. Right. You know, and, and that, well, Amazon didn't give pushback no, on that for saying that because that's every piece of content that comes out doesn't need to be made for well, everyone. I I, I hear what you're saying and i understand what you're saying it's just it's it's harder to because it's star wars, it's star wars. absolutely and man. it's on disney and i right? think we're at that turning point where we got to go and disney needs to back this and keep making shows like this going we we're gonna have the kid shows we're gonna have skeleton crew in the animated this is our anim the adult is. corner well you know and it's funny i didn't even put the graphic on here because i did a because brett and i talked about it on on monday but they they announced the acolyte cast yeah well yeah so with we, steph and i were like we have, christian's gotta be happy i Absolutely, because they're acknowledging that the show exists finally. It was, <laughs> right. it was an official. It was an official announcement. We we knew people were like, oh, see, it's happening. We knew it was going to happen. Yeah. but we just, you didn't just know wanted it. the official. We wanted Star Wars and Lucasfilm to announce that it was yeah. happening, and they did. My the one that stood out to me because they this whole entire cast was leaked pretty much, except Carrie Ann Moss. That was not, or yeah. was that announced, or was no, she just not announced? Was she just recently cast? Maybe it seems like that was but a recent addition. Maybe, but it was. Or but I never heard anything about it. But that. But the reason I bring that up off of your point, if you look at what Leslie Hedlund has done with, uh, let's say, with Russian, Russian doll. doll. Now, as Brett Brett watches the show, and you tell me like, there's definitely humor in it, right? But it's a darker show for sure. You would assume, and watching because they just started filming, you would assume yeah. that she's going to go, more, especially what the what the 
content is, yeah. this could be a darker show, right? It, it absolutely could be. It could be, and I hope it is. The Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, like, almost, like, animated thing. Like, the, like I don't ever want to see a scene like that Leia running through the woods ever again. Like, I never want to see the Vespa gang. Like, that stuff type like that, right. I think that but it fits I, in Star Wars, and it has a place. Because there are people fits. that do like it. Go ahead, Steph. I, I don't know if a lot of people like that specific scene, but I think the article was actually excellent. I thought that a lot of good points were brought up. What I don't think we're talking about, though, is the time at which Andor came out. For me, as both a Marvel and Star Wars fan, the shows haven't been that great. Like, I've liked a lot of, I love a lot of them, but they're yeah. not, like, must-watch. I'm telling everyone. Mandalorian I, was. Yeah, Mandalorian right. was. I'm saying yeah, okay. in the past year, I loved Miss Marvel. It's not for everyone. Right. I liked a lot of the Marvel series. There are a lot of them aren't for everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had a hard time getting through Moon Knight. Um, some of Obi-Wan was okay. Some of Boba Fett was okay. A lot of people already signed that and deliver that they weren't going to watch Andor because, before, because, because, because of because, this. Cause, yeah, because, because well, you're right. Obi-Wan was so hyped up, and yeah. there's a lot of good stuff in Obi-Wan. We all agree yes. on that, yes. right? But for overall, if we were looking the way that we... You go back and you look at us talking about Obi-Wan, we thought this was going to be the best thing since... Ep Empire. Empire, as far as... Because we were of the way dead we were set. Because we thought that the tone that they were going to set was... It was darker. Or similar to what they yeah. were doing with Andor. Yeah. And then the fact that Andor comes out and delivers this way, because you could say... you could I could see what people are soured on. When you watch, you watch some of the stuff that happens in Obi-Wan, it's embarrassing, some of the stuff. Some of the stuff's great. Some of the fights are great. Some, but some like that, the flea stuff and, and like a lot of just ridiculous things happening. It was even talking about it, which will come out tomorrow on for a big thing. Like um, I think that the character of Reva was a uh, was you know it was not fair to to the Rose actress. Singer. Wasn't no because she, you could have given her like they really like an Inquisitor show. You look at like we we're talking about with uh, the acolyte. Yeah, that's a story we know nothing about. We just know it takes place like a hundred years beforehand, but we know nothing about it. We just know the cast is coming in, so there's nothing to hold it against, and there's no story that we're hoping to see because we don't know what it is. It's fresh, similar to Andor. We just knew Andor was in it. But we didn't know what the story was, so yeah. we accepted the story. When you hear Obi Wan and where it's going to be, and they pitch it with that, and the trailer is the the, the you know the duel of the fates and all that you're expecting the the battle yeah. and you're expecting the the turmoil and then they introduce this new character to get introduced to and in the middle of this battle she's fighting uncle owen and aunt Brie. like wrap it up we don't care <laughs> we don't care and it has yeah. nothing to do with her it's, it has to do with the bad writing it was bad writing it's the boba fett like he's gonna be a gangster it's gonna be the godfather yes. in space. Yes, you know, like, yes. So it wasn't was that. The, you lose the trust, and so the time in it's which Andor came lose. out. Not only is it a property that is already attached to Rogue One and uh, New Hope, we know what happens. Yeah. It's also characters that a lot of people don't know about. There's no lightsabers, and it's coming off the tail, the heels of these right. shows. A lot of people didn't like. Right. So it's. I mean, it's hard, and it's incredible that it's doing what it's doing. It is, and I think that the other thing, though, with people also the difference between like you mentioned a great point before with movies yeah. you get one shot you get the you opening do. weekend you, you got you got to you got to score big on that opening weekend with because all four quadrants with everything you got to score big andrew's going to live on disney plus for ever. ever yeah so people can go back i mean look at like battlestar galactic people went back and sure oh it i didn't discover again. that till that's what i'm saying dvd so andor is going to be a show that more people are going to start talking about and more yeah. people start watching it i do also agree very much so with miguel that it's not a rewatchable show all the way i'm going to want rewatch it once it once I'll watch this before I'll watch Obi-Wan again, or, or I, Boba Fett. Probably. 
Same. Absolutely. Same. Um, I'll just go back for certain things and certain moments in, in Obi-Wan, but the overall story, it, it just seemed like a, it seemed like something that could have been animated. Yeah. More so than, than live action. I also think Disney needs to build the trust back because this show is built for people who loved Severance, people who loved House of the Dragon. Real television. Real, like, real stuff. So, like, when you get people like that to start going back to Disney+, Plus, I think a lot of those people aren't opening Disney+, Disney Plus right now because right. they just got all those shows. And they're like, oh, Star and, and I will say this, and the other thing is that for that wasn't mentioned in the article that I think is a main thing is the casual fan. I think the yeah. casual yeah. fan hears Obi Wan Kenobi and goes, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll check, check that out. out." You hear Andor, yeah, you might not know what that is. You might not even clue. I'm going to try. Is. I do this all the time. I'm going to try to call my friend John Pinto, oh, who gosh. never picks up. Um, but let me see. Hold on a second. Okay, that means I'm going to call. I'm going to call John Pinto. I'm going to see if he. I'm just going to ask him. If he's either watching or has heard of it, I'm sure he's heard of it at this point because it's been on the air. But as it was coming out, I don't know. Let's see. He never picks up, so I don't think we're even gonna have to worry about this. Come on, Pinto. Let's see. He never picks up. He's working at this point. Never picks up during the day when I'm trying to My shoot. My brother started watching it. Nothing from Pinto. People Pinto. Didn't think. Pinto picked up one time. With him. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, sure, we're trying to do here. Make it funny. Oh, all right. So no Pinto. Um, but my my point is that the casual fan overall, yeah, not watching it right now. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm so curious. Like the hardcore Star Wars fan, I think is watching it. Of course, people our I, circle I, that we the hardcore film, yeah. fans, Twitter. the pe- like the purists. We got Dorino Ariano to like this. She thinks nah. this is like the best since yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Right up her alley. Yeah, she's like, this is putting me back as a Star Wars fan. And I've seen so many like purists like that who are like, oh, I only like the trilogy, and the trilogy made me who right, I am. But right. I'm not touching this new stuff. Yeah, they love Andor. Because it's because it's, it's detailed, great. it's smart, <laughs> it's it's, it's well written. It's a real. It's like the first. Tell, I mean, and again, I still think Mandalorian's still my favorite. Mandalorian yeah. to me connects all the stuff inside of Star Wars that I really love. But I'm also not going to pretend that it's a better written show than yeah. Mandalorian. No, it's it, not. yeah, it was with Mando. Like for me, it's it, it gives me the Saturday morning vibes of Star Wars, like yes. the adventure. Yes. But also, but yes. also. The mythology with the Mando, Mandalorian, and the co- like, all that is so. Again, I, I'm still in my Clone Wars rewatch, so it's all new to me and all exploring that. Yeah. So it, it's the Star Wars universe as a whole, but it's also Saturday morning, not cartoons, but Saturday morning I know cliffhangers. What you mean. I know what you mean. It's the yeah. cliffhangers. The serialized thing what Star Wars is what Star Wars was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, so it, it gives it, me it does, both. It, I do think that the Mandalorian fits more into George Lucas's overall vision of what Star Wars was yeah i don't disagree with that if anybody said that i think absolutely it does um i just think that there's something this is this is the kind of evolution and or is the kind of evolution of star wars that i wish we would see more of right things need to evolve for them to grow yes you can't keep doing this like we tried that with the sequel trilogy to honor george do the exact same thing that george did and you Mm -hmm. copied it and went and even george said he's like you, you got to grow everything I've done before. You, you've done all this. Favre, like, that's awful. Favre, Star- I know it's Favre awful. Favreau said it best without directly taking a shot at J.J. Abrams and everybody else, yeah. but he kind of did without meaning to. Yeah. And he said, and I've quoted it on the show a thousand times, so make it a thousand and one. And that's we, like, 
a lot of times people, whether they try to do an homage to George Lucas and yeah. Star Wars, we're not trying to do an homage to Star Wars. We're trying to do the stuff that inspired Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think George Mandalorian did, yeah. works. Now, I think that they missed the mark with, with Boba Fett, and I think yeah. that they, but I think that they made the same mistake of what we were talking about with, like before with like Sean Levy, right, or, or the director situation. I think they gave that to George, to Robert Rodriguez and said, "Hey," and I think you said it. Like it's like they're playing with their toys in the in the backyard and go and, and make the thing that you wanted to make, like make yeah. make your toys. And it's like, well, no, you you pitched a, a gangster story. Yeah, you told us this is gonna. Be, you, you in your interviews, you're talking Godfather, you're talking Goodfellas. Where's that? Yeah, it doesn't enhance the galaxy. All it did was just make a show about Boba. You needed right. to get a director involved with that, that that he's known for, and I'm not not Scorsese, but... I know what you mean, like, like crime or something. Some that worked on The Sopranos or something, or someone that worked in... Uh, Terrence on, Winter uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, on The Wire. Or, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. get these guys that are in that world and do what Tony Gilroy's love of... Like, watching the Bourne films... You know that man loves the genre. Oh, he's a big spy thriller. You can tell he, he loves the genre. Pitch the spy. So you just throw that in it. there. So when you're doing a gangster, you got Boba Fett. He's gonna be a crime lord. Who are the top directors, writers working with genre mobsters? How did they have Godfather in, in the background and think that that was Godfather? I, 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 I don't <laughs> because know. a guy sitting at a table lording over people. They were, the, yeah, the, the, I, the generalization. You know was, that was one scene. I know, but yeah, that's a generalization. Because you throw a, a concept out of like, there's Boba Fett at the table with the throne. But you know what I think? The it underlings. Is? I think like, it's Godfather. I think, it's, I think that Tony Gilroy carries a kind of weight. That, and, and and so does Favreau. But I think that Tony Gilroy is not going to break on certain things because Favreau is a massive Star Wars fan. Gilroy is not right. Gilroy's going to look. I want to do a spy thriller in the world of Star Wars. I want to make a good show. I, I want to continue. Can... Over, I want to continue over the characters that I had. I have a great take for it. I really am. I'm invested in it, and this is what I want to do. And like, it's Gilroy. We'll see what he does. I think that Favreau was pretty much saying we wanted this gangster story, and like, ah, you can't go that dark. You can't go that deep. All right, well, maybe we'll, we'll switch it. Maybe maybe he's redeemed. We have a character. Din's kind of like him already. So what if we kind of redeem him? And he had this whole thing with the storm with the, with the sand people. No, make him a. If you would have had, like, when he walked in at the end of Mandalorian Season 2 and just whacked Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the show? I am in. Or, that show never happened. The guy yeah. that came at the beginning is like, you know what? I want to do Star Wars with Boba Fett. I want to do Dance with Wolves. Right. Or, or, or Go! Commit. Tuskins. Commit. Right. Or, Go for that. Then yeah. that's Make the series. Dance with Wolves that, right. Star Wars if that's, show. If that's, if that's, if the series, Hell yeah. If the series was Boba Fett because getting out of the Starlight Pit, has this whole that, thing, is the whole adventure is him having to deal with something else and not the gangster story, fine. But don't pitch it. He was the never The Tuscan stuff with him was great. But you know, the good news is we know I am Boba Fett. Yeah, you are. You are. You're definitely yeah. Boba Fett. You've told yeah. us many yeah, okay. times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will also say, ladies and gentlemen, that we um, it, there's another another show like that was out there, working, moving. That was Lord Lord of Rings, the Rings of Power. Now, if you were a fan of Lord of the Rings, me, yeah, Rings of Power. They well, me too. I got something. Well, I got something for you, Steph. There is a on uh, Lord of the Rings. They have the, the official podcast. Now, everybody, if you've already checked out the the actual show. Well, then you want to check out the podcast. You can go deeper into the candles of, uh, of, of Numenor, the minds of, of, of Casa Doom, and more. But you got to do it with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Now, Felicia Day, who everybody knows and loves, she has several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale, which is a great season finale. Felicia also goes beyond, behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs that you don't want to miss. 
Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and then listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music and download the Amazon Music app right now. So thank you to our friends over at Wandery for that one. And I will also tell you for, for people like I know that for The Lord of the Rings podcast, excuse me, The Lord of the Rings show, everybody's waiting for it's going to be two or three years. They're like, oh, I got to go watch it. What am I going to do? Listen to this show because they give you such a good deep background of it and it's one of the things i like about the show sometimes only like three four minute five minute little deep dives this is a full podcast full of deep dives so go check that out um all right let's switch on over and i want to get to uh, bringing back that's a different totally different hello totally different break um so if we have the director sean levy so there is another story that this is my this is kind of my overall point of could this be Sean Levy down the line? Here's here's a story that broke again from Star Wars News Net. JD JD Dillard was announced a while ago, and I had even forgotten. I liked JD. I was I even, forgot about that right? too. Right, and then remember what we talked about on this show. Yeah. And so when one door opens, another one shuts. Shortly after news got out that Sean Levy would be doing a Star Wars movie, it's been confirmed by JD Dillard that he will no longer be making his Star Wars movie for undisclosed reasons. Joins Patty Jenkins, joins uh, Lord and Miller, joins uh, Gareth, joins everybody. His project was initially reported in February 2020 with hardly any word of it since, and now we know why. Back in February 2020, The Hollywood Reporter claimed that J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens would be working on an upcoming Star Wars movie of some kind, with it being unclear if the movie was set to be theatrical or an offering for Disney+. Plus. After that, there were virtually no updates on this whatsoever, and Dillard would go on to work on a Netflix adaptation of the long-running manga One Piece for Netflix, not so surprising that after nearly three years of total silence on the project, it's been revealed that Dillard's Star Wars movie is no longer happening, nor will he be directing the planned legacy sequel to The Rocketeer for Disney+. Plus. So he looks like he'd had a following, falling out with Disney altogether. Talking with the rap about the upcoming World War II fighter pilot movie Devotion, J.D. explained that his movie wouldn't be going forward for unspecific, unspecified reasons. My Star Wars movie is unfortunately no longer a thing. It was not for lack of trying. While he did not go into what his movie would be about, he mentioned that his love of Star Wars owes itself to his love of the TIE Fighter Simulator video game, which he was first introduced to the franchise. I'm playing this game for months, and my dad's flying it with me, and I'm like, man, this game is just so cool. And he's like, well, you know, this game comes from a series of movies. And I was like, you're kidding me. That's where I watched Star Wars for the first time and realized the full scope of what it meant to world build because I've been playing this pseudo 16-bit game. Dillard made a cameo as one of the stormtroopers in The Rise of Skywalker, specifically FN-1226, one of the two stormtroopers that Rey uses a Jedi mind trick on. Remains the scene of whether we'll see him again in a galaxy far, far away. Um, here's this is, this is kind of the point, right? Yeah. So he had a pitch, something that he wanted to make, something that he really wanted, whether it was TIE Fighters, whatever it was, and they said, oh, that's a great pitch. You've been working on this. You're doing that. Great. You got a movie. And it's like, and then they couldn't agree on it. There's no plan. It's the same thing. There's no plan to it. So it's like a it's going to keep happening unless they say we are we have these here. Now it's not to say that if they have a series of ideas of what they want to go, that people won't drop out. Look at I mean this happened. Patty Jenkins dropped out of Thor uh, Dark World, right? Um, we had we had Derrickson walk out of uh, the second Doctor Strange. It happens, but. The reason why is because they stuck to their guns as far as where they're going in the storytelling. The rumor was that Derrickson didn't want to do the multiverse, but then he then he denied that. But either way, you know, and even when Edgar Wright was originally on Ant-Man, he was attached to it before the MCU was a thing. So when the MCU started to pull, you know, really into it, he's like, I'm, I, I want to do my thing. Like, yeah, well, we're, we can't do that. We have a plan. We need you to stick to it. And he's like, I'm good. I'm out. 
totally fine. That's what they need to start doing. Now, maybe that's what they're doing. That's why J.D. walked. I don't know. But I don't know. I, Steph, it's just, it's just the same problem over and over. Yeah, it's, it's like deja vu every yeah. time. We, it, it, the fact that we forgot Dillard was going to be on a project is wild that they announced someone as well, big he didn't, as Well, he didn't, they didn't announce. It was reported oh, again. Yeah. But it's like that's the thing. They're, they're not announcing that's it, to true. be fair to them. But it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't take away the fact that he was, he was set to do one. Yeah, and it's showing what like a little look into what their meetings look like and how yeah. they're just signing on things without yeah you made a great point earlier that i hadn't thought about it like that it's like when you have a project like black panther they have the project they want then they bring on kugler that's a great approach it it's, should be the approach yeah because it's just like okay we know like but i don't understand here's the this, thing they have the this is why I, this is why i always bang the drum with the with the with the books yeah let's say they were going to do a whole series and a whole thing of the old republic and they were going to do a thing where they're going to set up the Knights of the Republic. And what they want to do is they want to start it off with a movie. All right, we have a movie. We have the screenwriters. We have the overall take that we want to do. We brought in Filoni and we, brought, we and we have this structure of what we want to do with it. And we want to lead that into a series. You know what we're going to do? Now we're going to bring in, I'm just bringing it up because it's the first name, Sean Levy. Hey, Sean, we have this idea of uh, we're going to jump kick or uh, jump start the whole Old Republic era. And we want to do it with this movie. Do you think this is a take that you could do? Well, yeah, I'll come back and let me say this is what I want to do. Great. Sean Levy's on. We got him for it. Hey, Lindelof, guess what we're going to do? After we get through this, we're going to do this series. But after the series, we want to catapult that into this, this, this character that we have that Sean's developing inside of this, of, of this treatment. And we really think that this character is going to pop. And we want to tell their story. And we want you to direct that second movie. And here's the treatment that is going to play into it. But we got to wait after we set up this in the TV show. Then it's like, okay, I have my places, I have my pieces in place. I got Levy directing this one. I got the series, and I'm gonna have so and so show run it. Going back to your point earlier, of who is gonna be, uh, like, who's got that that feel? Someone who's done a, a, a you know, an epic yeah. show, yeah. or someone who did, produces a Rome, or or, or someone yeah. from Game of Thrones, and like work that out, and then coordinate that with it, and have an overall plan as opposed to, well, yeah, that pitch was great. Let's do a thing about Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they did an entire show about Jawas? But that's my point. If if, if someone like Del Toro came in and yeah, said, facts. "I want to do a Jawish sh- a movie," oh, Del Toro came in. Everybody loves Del Toro. Let's do a Del Toro movie. That's you what they do. You pick the it. one director I do think could pull off a job. Of course he could. <laughs> and a yeah, jo- yeah, he wanted yeah. to do a Job of the Hut thing for it's, a while. Of course like, he would. But they. But it's like they okay, don't so have. Here's a, someone, yeah, there's no plan. It's someone cool. Yeah, let's give it yeah, to him. Facts. Yeah, it's almost to the point where. You, just, you relate to Star Wars or MCU. We got the plan. You need directors that will kind of take a let their vision take a backseat to the overall plan, knowing that if I do a Star Wars film and it's a hit, I'll go and write my own ticket outside of this. A lot of directors and Coogler was, I think, to me with the MCU. The you you hear so many directors come in and and I forgot who was on Black Widow before. She's like, yeah, they said I don't know action. Like, oh, don't worry, we got whole people to handle the action stuff. And she's like, no, if I'm doing this film, I want right. to do it all. And she walked. Coogler, whatever he was able to bring out, I think it had a, a, a lot to do with the personal story of him as, of a, as a man of color. Of course. Coming going, all right, I get where you're going, but I'm going to bring this whole world to it. Absolutely. But every other, but like, yeah, everyone else, like Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck directed Captain Marvel. A billion-dollar film. What are they doing? What have they done since? Right. You couldn't. They're not brought back for the next one either. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what, what they're, they're doing? What, 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 so it, it's, it's, these directors that come in, they're very... Everyone that's guns. gone, well, no, everyone that's come in, they seem like they're not these random directors we've never heard of before mm-hmm. that are coming to make their name and, and, and work it. Like, 
You know, so I, like Sean Levy's well known before he Star is. Wars. Taika Waititi, Patty Jenkins. So who doesn't want to do a Star Wars movie? Right, but they're also very much like I'm a filmmaker. I've made hits. Right. I'm gonna do what I want to well, do. But especially but they're now, like, well, we're doing what we gotta do, well, and they're like, gotta go. See you when I see you. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Is, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's. That's going what I'm saying. On. Like, but, but that's but that's also why there's not. You're not gonna see another Star Wars movie right now. I don't know when. You. I mean, let's let's say they start tomorrow. No chance. Yeah. Right. But let's say <laughs> no chance. Right. But, but no. But even, even if they did, even if they started pre-production, because they have they have Lindelof who's working on it right yeah. now. Right. So let's say, let's say it's his movie that's the next one yeah. out of the gate, which I think is going to be the next one. And they start shooting. Let's say, like you said, let's say they have some kind of script and they start shooting tomorrow. Tomorrow. You'll pro you'd probably get the movie then in 2024. Yes. Yeah. Two years. That's if you start shooting that's tomorrow. tomorrow. And that's not a and that's not a heavy effects film either. That's right. a. It, well, I don't know. It depends on what, on what you're, well, you're saying. You're saying if you have the heavy I'm effects. I'm saying right. if you're doing a film right. version of Andor. With everything in. You're all right. Everything put together when everything signs up and casting and all that. It should. If you want it to be really good, you're looking at two and a half to three Minimum. years. Look at the Batman. Minimum 2025 right. is when we're getting that. And well, they nothing, knew right away we're going. We where the whole going, team nothing written is yet, involved. Nothing, right. They're like, we're going. We knew we're getting a it's green also a different situation because of what's going on Warner Brothers' new leadership. Sure, and sure, and sure, that, sure, but. sure. But still, three years minimum, I would say. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna, you're looking at a, a minimum of three years. So we're not getting that Taika thing, that Ryan Johnson thing. Is Mike's no. going to direct a movie before Ryan Johnson? And I will. Ryan Johnson's um, with Netflix for a long right, time. I think exactly. Taika's film's not happening. Tyka's, I'm saying that right I, now. I don't never happen. I don't think God it is either. Is. I think he'll do. I, I know. I don't think so. I think he'll be doing. I it's think. Done. I think he'll be doing more TV Star Wars for them. For I sure. think he's going to kind of go back to doing more of his own thing, as he should. I. I yeah, he's a voice. Thing. He's I'm, a director that we need a voice. He's a Kevin Smith person that knows what he is. He's got such a great voice. His comic timing. His what he brings. You know all the stuff he does. We don't need a take a Star Wars movie. Go do more original stuff I love out his there, man. Original stuff. Original. Um, yeah, do it. I, I, I agree, but he's also you know he, the guy likes money too. Uh, um, he just married Rita. <laughs> he's got to keep the wifey happy. Who? Rita Ora. Oh, but either way, man. Um, I don't think we see that. I don't think we see a Star Wars movie. If let's say Lindelof, I think they start shooting maybe at the end of next year. 2023. So I say 20. Yeah. I say we see a, we can potentially see a movie in 2025, 2026. Oh God, that's going to be above 30. That's when you're going to do it. You're going to do Star Wars. That's when you're going to, that's where you're going to get a Star Wars movie. But you will get Towers Television, which is awesome. You, you're going to get tons ah! of Star Wars too. So anyway, look, there's so much, there's so much that we talked about. And there's probably some stuff that we left out too. But Andor, leave your, leave your thoughts on the series overall, what you think it's going to be, how you think it's going to, do overall what's going to happen in the season finale let us know for sure um make sure that if you're not checking out I, as i said i got this bad boy on sith council make sure you get one of those shirts high seller that's uh, a high seller right now you can get it the link is in the description get yourself some trade coffee do that drink coffee and um and yeah man just leave comments and hit the like button and all that we'll be back next week for sure talking uh and or episode 11 so for mike kalinowski and steph sabra Thanks for joining us. See you next time. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus, makes you stronger.